This is exactly what Moses and the experience that Moses had every time he went into the tent of meeting. Mm. Now we've talked about the tent of meeting last last week. Yes. Special tent where Moses went away and got alone with God. The Bible says that he spoke, God spoke with Moses face to face. You may be seated. Face to face. And this is exactly what Moses wanted. Can I have the pulpit? This is exactly what Moses wanted, please. He wanted to have an intimate relationship with God. After all the dialogue, after all the dialogue that he had with God up on the mountain, all the conversation, all the inspiration, all the directions, everything, he said to God, I want to know your glory. His fire was on the mountains, Mount Sinai. It was awesome. The people were afraid. They were scared. What was happening on the mountain is what we've been experiencing right now. The presence of Almighty God. Israel did not know her God because the Lamb of God had not come and opened up the way through his blood into the very holy place. The same glory that was on the mountain came into the upper room like the sound of a rushing mighty wind. The fire that was inside the mountain at night that made it glow. The glory was the presence there. It went before Israel all the, all the while, but Israel was afraid of it. You see, the blood of bulls and goats couldn't satisfy the holiness of God. The reason why Israel could not come into the mountain is because her sins had not been covered. She did not have a first-hand experience with God. That's why they had to have all the rituals. They had to have all the ceremonies. They had to have everything to keep them going right with God. They had to have all the feasts. They had to have constant reminders of who they were and why God had led them out of Egypt into the promised land. They went into the promised land and God said, I want you to kill everybody in there. I want you to burn their altars. I want you to burn their... This sounds horrible. But if you go into the history of how all those nations and all those cities in the promised land where Israel is today, the land that, that we talk about, 
were heinous, were ungodly. They've gone into caves and found obscene images of their worship. And God said, listen, I want you to kill it because if you don't, it will destroy you. And that's exactly what happened. And then on the time when Jesus came, they walked in what they thought was holiness, but it wasn't. They were deceived and they began to lay all kind of things and heavy weights and burdens upon the people. And the people were under total oppression. I want you to see this. We're talking about intimacy with God. You see, this is, this is, what, this is what intimacy is right here. This is what we've had this morning. We have intimate relationship with God. People don't understand the emotionalism of, um, of this. Amen? Of intimacy. Intimacy isn't just quiet. Intimacy is emotional. Because it's an expression of our feelings are coming to the surface. And our feelings are giving way to how we feel inside. And when the presence and the power of God comes into a congregation, because we are individuals, we react in different ways. Some weep, some fall on their face, some shout, some dance, some can't say anything. They just stand in the presence of God. Where were you today? Which expression was you giving? It was all here. Some of you were standing. Some of you didn't want to open your mouth because of the presence of God. But you was entering in to His presence. And that's when things happen. This is where God wants us. He's tired of ritual. He told them. He says, I'm tired and sick of your lambs. I'm tired and sick of your sacrifices because they don't mean anything until they become ritual to you. I'm tired of your altars. Did I set this program, program up to help you and save you? And, 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 and you're just going through the motions. He says, I'm tired of it. And he singled out Moses. And you know why? Because he said Moses was a man after his own heart. And he says, I can share anything with Moses. And Moses will share anything with me. We have an open relationship. This is exactly where God wants us. When we sin, he wants us to go to him. When we're happy, he wants us to tell him. When we're sad, he wants that that he want us, wants us to relate that to God. We can have full expression with God, that's intimacy. We can come in just as we are, he understands us. We can come in just the way we are. We can come and tell him just exactly what we think. He wants this, because when we are honest with him, he can be honest with us. He's always honest with us, but he can be open with us. And this builds up on a, rela a relationship. This is what Moses wants. L let, me, let me go into this here, okay? I want you to turn to 33, 15. I mean, Exodus, uh, Exodus 33, 15. 
I'm not going to dwell there, but that's where we want to start. What was in my Bible? Exodus 33, 15. And this is it, 33. It says, Then he said to him, I'm not going to go back and reiterate everything we talked about last week. I'm just going to go on. Then he said to him, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. Like I said, remember they traveled almost three days out of Egypt. They stopped at Mount Sinai. God couldn't take them any farther until he set up a plan for them. That's where we got the Ten Commandments for. That's where we got the plan of the old, the old worship temple, uh, tabernacle, place of worship. Okay, and the place of worship, God's put right in the middle of the, the company and the people of Israel. So every single day, they could see God's glory. They could actually see his, but they didn't understand. And God opened up all the rituals and everything else so that they could. Okay? 15. Where am I? 15. Well, isn't this awful? 17. 33 feet. Why can't I find it again? 14. I got little print. Oh, I'm in 34. My page turned. Okay. Then he said to him, If your presence go not with us, do not carry us up. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight? Except you go with us, so we shall be separate people. Your people and I, from all the people who are on the face of the earth. I want to tell you, and I'm going to tell you again, the church is different. We cannot entertain worldly things in the church to gain the power and presence of God. We may get people, but entertainment is only going to last just so long, you've always got to come up with something new. All programs are nice, but they go just so long, and you've got to come up with another program. You've got to come up with a Christmas program. You've got to come up with an Easter program. You've got to come up with something. You've got to come up with a dance. You've got to come up with this. You've got to come up orchestrating this. And the people come in and go out the same. This is what is happening to the church in America today. We're being entertained and God is wanting to pour out his spirit. He wants us to be intimacy. He's calling us to be intimate with him. Where it's you and him one on one. Superficiality has got to go. There's got to be an in-depth walk with the Lord. And let me tell you, today we felt it. 
We have been feeling it. You know why? Because we've decided, and I'm not saying that's so great, but not only us, but there are people all across this nation are tired of the ritualism that they're seeing in the church pews today. I'm not talking about always up running around the aisles and everything. You can run the aisles, you can shout, and you can dance and be just as far from God. But when you come into a place like we came in today, now I'm not against that. How many knows I'm not against that? But when you come into a place like that and you give yourself, you have to give yourself to worship. You have to literally give yourself to worship. You can't say, when people are worshiping in the sanctuary, praising God, lift your hands and begin to worship and love him. Follow the flowing of the Spirit. That's intimacy. You've got to carry this from here this service, this kind of service, over into your private time, over into your tent of meeting. You've got to learn how to open your mouth and talk to the Lord. Not just with uh, 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 requests and all kind of wants and needs. you just got to come in because you want to know him. And this is exactly what Moses said. So the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken. In other words, he acquiesced to everything Moses asked him. For you found grace in my sight. And this is after all of the dialogue, after all the talk that Moses and God had, God said, listen. I mean, Moses said, I want to know your glory. What Moses was saying, he says, I want to know what makes you tick, God. I want to become a friend with you. I want to know your nature. And I want to know your characteristics. This is right where God wanted Moses and right where God wanted the people of Israel. And God says, okay, meet me up on the mountain. Where was he told? Meet me in the glory. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, meet him in the presence of God and he'll show himself every time. He will show you his love. He will show you his power. He will show you his strength. He will show you his, his compassion. He will talk to you. He'll whisper sweet nothings in your ear called ramers. He will drop words from the word of God into your heart as you are worshiping and praising him, even in the sanctuary as we come. And so what happens? It becomes a, a not a, just a one-way thing, coming to church and getting feeling good and everything else, and then going home and getting into our work and doing all kinds of things and forgetting about praying and praying maybe once once a day or once a week or, or, or two one, once or twice or something. You know, goodness, I didn't pray today. No, he wants a consistent relationship with you. And that's exactly what he wanted with Moses. He wanted, and Moses wanted with him. He wanted an intimate relationship. And he says, okay, meet me at the top of the mountain tomorrow. And there are times when God calls us to meet him with special, uh, for, for special times together. Just you and him. 
in services like this today, okay, we stepped into the presence of God. We could have gone farther, but we stepped into the presence of God. We have been stepping into the presence of God. I, 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 Mondays and Tuesdays, if you can get here, you want to get here one of those nights. You got to make it a point to come. Because when I, I came a little late Tuesday night, I'm not saying you got to come every night, but make it a point to make it on your program. What at least come one night, say, okay, I'm going to be here with you. Of course, we're going to be there Wednesdays because Wednesdays are midweek service. But make it when you make that extra point, and then you come in and you begin to just worship. When I come in late Tuesday night, um, where is she, Sarah? was singing. What was that you were singing over and over? I wrote it down and I haven't got it with me. The Lord is faithful. He never oh yeah, he never fails. He kept singing it, singing it. He never fails. He never fails. Just singing it over and over. And then she'd go into the spirit and she, and she would sing stanzas. And uh, I know we've got it recorded. And then she sang, he never fails. And I sat down in the chair and I sat over there from where I usually sit, and the Lord just impressed me, I want you to look up scriptures on, he, on, on, on failure and fails. And I began to look them up. And I'm going to tell you, while she was singing, I wrote. I didn't write what she was singing, but I wrote the scriptures, and it was awesome. I met God through the word. And I went home, and all this week I had been studying on that, those words that she was singing under the inspiration. This is what I'm talking about with intimacy. You can go into the presence of God and whether you can carry a tune or not, you can sing to the Lord and God will give you words to sing. This is what uh, uh, Deanna was talking about Wednesday. Told you to open the 23rd Psalm. See, we learn you need to be here at, the, at the, these, these, these teachings on, on, on worship and praise. You see, you just can't get hitting God up one day a week. I'm honest with you. That's what we do. If you have a time of God, and you know what? The intimacy time and the time that we spend here on Sundays will be even greater because we spent time with him. We purposely got to say, I want to know your glory. Amen. Am I saying this to you because I've got the corner on it and I know all about it? No, 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 no. I'm a seeker just like you. I'm seeking God. I want God for himself. And that's exactly what Moses said. Show me your glory. I want to know you for myself. I want to have an intimate relationship with you. I, want, I know I'm repeating myself, but I want you to know how you take. I want to know how you think God. You say, well, God's great big. He will share his thought. Why do you think he gave us the word? But from out of the word, he'll give us rhemas. That means special words out of the word just for us. And you know, when we come into that relationship, hmm, it's profound. Every time we come together, the glory will be greater and greater because we'll have been more intimate. 
and we'll begin to feel it. And then when we begin to sing the songs, they're going to mean something to us. The words of some of those songs will come to us, and you know what will happen? They will open up avenues of things that we have been studying in private. Sometimes you've got to get out of your daily devotionals and get into the Word itself and let those devotionals be a door that opens up a time with you. Now, I'm not against devotionals. And I'm going to say this. Saints, every one of us needs to journal. Hmm. Pardon? Amen. She does journal. And God speaks to her in that chair. God speaks to you, and I know some of you are doing it. I know some of you, and I know it's showing in the way that you're walking with God. It's showing in the depthness that you have with God. And everyone is, can have that. God is no respecter of persons. Now, you all know what I mean by journaling. Writing it down. Get a little book and start writing it down. God gives you a rhema. God gives you a word. And then you go and study that word out. Study that portion of scripture out. It's amazing what you find in the word of God. He says, come up to the mountain. That's what he said. And God, Moses said, show me your glory. And then um, over in Exodus 34, 1. So God answered him, says there in Exodus 34, And the Lord said to Moses, Cut two tablets of stone like the first, and I will write on these tablets. All right? And then two. Be so, uh, so be ready in the morning and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai. We have to have a special time in the week to be in the presence of God. You've got to say, you say, I'm busy. You've got to take time. There's got to be a special time that you spend with God if you want God to. You know, have, well, they, can't, they aren't really your friends. You meet with someone, you know, Oh, well, in this day and age, you go in and you say to your, your wife or your spouse, you say, well, let's go out, let's go out to eat and let's have some, some together time. So you get in the restaurant, you got the cell phone and she's got the cell phone. You're preoccupied. You're not interested in her or is he in you? Or him or whatever. My God. Put, in this instance, put those stupid phones down and talk to one another. And sometimes that's what God, I feel that God feels like. Will you 
put your activities down and come. See, Moses got away from the crowd. He got away from the people. He got away from all the cares. He got away from all the requests. He got away from everything. And he went and he went into the tent of meeting and God met him every time. And now God is saying, I want you to come to the top of a mountain. Why? Because that's where the glory is. Saints, I want to tell you, go where the glory is. And the glory we're going to find out in Exodus 34 is this. Let's read it. Come up in the morning too in Mount Sinai and present yourself to me there. Now the, here it is. Now the Lord descended in the cloud. Where did Moses meet God? In the glory. The glory is his presence. And in his presence, we begin to get a revelation of who he is. You don't get it by hit or miss or grabbing a scripture there or, or taking something here or giving him five here. Or while you're going to work and cup of coffee in your hand or wherever and you're driving in the traffic and this is your time that you spend with the law. That's foolishness. You can talk to the law a lot of time, but that's not the place where you get a hold of God. A hold of getting a hold of God is when you put everything down, nothing, and shut the phone off in your private times. In fact, it's a good thing, and the only time you should take it in, because some of you use it for your Bible. That's, the good, that's why I say get a good Bible and have it in your time. You don't have to bother with the phone because you can begin to look it up. Although um, you can use your phone. Some of you use your phone to get along and get scriptures that God wants you. That's good. But other times, shut the phone off. And when it buzzes, don't pay any attention to it. It's not important. And if it is important, they'll get to you later. I'm telling you, saints. Now, this probably isn't setting something good with you, but come on. We are so caught up in the habit of distraction and the things that we think are important. Moses says, you meet me in the glory. You come up on the mountain. I'm already here, but you come up on the mountain. You make the effort, Moses. You climb up the mountain again. And I'll meet you there. And this was one of the most intimate encounters between a man and God ever recorded. Hmm. Now the Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. He proclaimed his name. Listen to me now. The glory is in his, the revelation of his name because the revelation of his name presents his character and who he is. And every one of these, about what I'm going to read, is represented in the name of God. Jehovah, 
means the redemption of God. Remember, he revealed himself to Moses and when taking uh, Israel out of Egypt and Moses asked, what name am I going to tell these people? They've been in uh, captivity for 400 years. They've been uh, immersed in the gods of Egypt. And when I tell him, tell them that the God of your God is coming and they ask you what his name is, what are you go, what am I going to tell them? God revealed him and said, You tell them that I am. And translated into English is that's Jehovah. And that I am, and that Jehovah means the redemptive name of God, God's redemption. Before this, all they knew God as his power and his might and his glory. But then he says, I'm going to reveal myself with another uh, aspect of who I am. And in his name, he said, I'm going to you tell them that I am Jehovah. The redemption, God's redemption. Jesus. That's why they called the baby in Mary Jesus. Because Jesus means the redemption of God. Salvation. Jesus came to bring salvation to Israel. And he said, I am going to redeem him. He brought them out of Egypt. Egypt is a type of sin. And he brings us out of Egypt through the authority of his name. And in his name is power and glory and majesty and might. You mentioned that's why when you say in the name of Jesus Christ, devils tremble because they know what that name represents. And when you call on the name of Jesus and you worship the name of Jesus and you worship God, I'm telling you, when you begin to call him different uh, uh, characteristics and call on, on his, his nature and everything else, he is, opens up his hand and he begins to pour out his revelation on you and you have an intimate relationship with God. You be, but you know God through his names. He, every time he worked with the, the Israelites, he gave them his name, Jehovah Roy, Jehovah Sidkenu, Jehovah uh, uh, Ramah. Any others got Jehovah what? Nissi. Jehovah Nissi. Jehovah Jireh, the law that heals. He's revealing his power and his glory in his name. And the last name he gave to the world and the last name he gave to the, the people that he, 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 he uh, 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 um, created was Jesus, or Yahushua, which means Jehovah is become my salvation. And Jesus literally became our salvation. And if we'll go and look at that name, we'll begin to realize who Jesus really is. And I'm going to tell you something. When you begin to get into the fact of who Jesus really is and get into an intimate relationship with him, you will never turn away from God. You will never backslide. We taught a while back on the names of God. It's powerful. And you know what? The man Jesus fulfilled every name that God re revealed in the Old Testament. Every name that God revealed himself. Every characteristic Jesus Christ was a revelation of. 
So therefore, when you got Jesus, you got everything. Because you got his name. You got God's name. You got God's name. Jehovah is salvation. Let's read it. Here it is. Now here's the characteristics. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed. And I want you to go to the fifth verse in 34. It says, Now the Lord Jehovah descended in the cloud and stood with him there. Wow. The creator of the universe. Do you understand? Every time we meet, we are meeting with the creator of the universe. The one that put the, through the, uh, spoke the worlds and they came into existence. And they are still there and he still keeps them and they do not deviate one iota. They're kept there by the word of God. That's the God that we are serving. That's the God that wants to be intimate with us. That's the God that God wants to reveal. He wants to reveal himself in all of his power and all of his might. And we don't get it on a whim. We get it on concentration and waiting before him and let him talk to us. God will talk to you like he talked to Moses. But you've got to have a tent of meeting. I sound like I'm angry, but I'm not. I'm just passionate. Thank you. Passionate. I've got to have the same thing. As a pastor, I can't just get into the Word and just give you dry things. I've got to get a hold of God for the vision that's in this house. And I've got to get alone with God so that I can flow with the Spirit and hear from God in the service. Now, I'm not always up prophesying and I'm not always coming giving you words, but I'm going to tell you, Pastor Hurd does hear from God. But I have to spend time with him. Now, if you love God, don't be like the man that married his wife and after 25 years she asked him again, she said, do you love me? He looked at her and he said, well, I told you that 25 years ago. That's enough. And sometimes we do that with God. We tell him a month ago and then we get so caught up in our... Saints, there are come times when we get, we're, busy, we're too busy. And we've got to begin to ask God, how can we get out of our busyness? And we have to do it in order to have a walk with God. You say you want to be, uh, want to use in miracles and signs and wonders. It comes through intimacy. I'm not telling you this because I've arrived. But I want to tell you something, I'm on my way. And I purposely want to get there. You still love Brother Hurd? Pastor Hurd? That's pulled all the way back from old times. I just thought I'd throw that in.
But look what he proclaimed. But I like this part. God came down and stood with him. He stood beside Moses. God will do the same with you. He will say, God was standing by, beside us today. Every single one of you, God was standing by today. That's why when you're in a service, God speaks to you and says, I want you to go to someone. I want you to give them that word. I want you. He is speaking. He is standing beside you in your worship. I don't need this. Well, it's good to use. He's standing beside you in your worship. And he's talking to you. Do you understand the intimacy that you can have? God actually talks with you, Christmas. Yeah, you. Because he loves you so much. God didn't say, okay, I want you to come here and I want you to stand erect and I want you to not say anything. I want you to look straight ahead and I'll get behind you and I'll tell you what to do. No, he didn't. God came down and stood here. And he began to, be, and he began to look at Moses and began to say, this, this is my glory. I'm showing you my glory. And what did he say? And he said he began to proclaim Moses and proclaimed. He talked with him. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. In Exodus 32.11. God literally spoke to him. He didn't give him impressions. He spoke to him. And this is what he proclaimed. The Lord, Jehovah. The Lord God. This is what he proclaimed. I'm the Lord. I'm Jehovah. I'm Jehovah God. I'm Jehovah Elohim. Elohim represents his multifaceted nature. He said, I have, I am presenting to you my fullness of my nature. Wow. And he stood there and carried on a conversation. He said, I'm presenting. I'm the Lord. I'm Jehovah. I'm the one that brought you out of Egypt. Remember, Moses? I'm Jehovah. I'm the redemptive God. I'm the redeeming God. Not only that, but I am multifaceted. I am Jehovah Elohim. Elohim is plural but it does not mean number. It means the many facets of God. And there will be a time when God will show you in his love. That's a facet of God. That's Elohim. Another time he'll show you his power. That's Elohim. Another time he will show you his mercy. That's Elohim. Another time he'll show you his grace. That's Elohim. Jehovah Elohim. That's powerful. Another time he'll show you I'm a never failing God. That's Elohim. 
Wow. That's who you come and meet face to face. That's the one who comes and meets you when you are in your private time with him. And he drops a scripture and he's talking to you. Stop and look up that scripture and see what he's saying to you. Spend a week or two weeks just on that scripture. Don't go anyplace else until he gets through talking. That's powerful. What a privileged people we are. That's why the church is different. Not indifferent in the way we dress or in our high-headedness, what we call holiness. That's, that, that, that's juvenile. God says, I'm sick and tired of your sacrifices. I'm sick and tired of you putting emphasis on your dress. Now, you've got to dress modest and you've got to dress right. If anybody, we, okay, we become a Christian, dress modestly as become a Christian. But that's not what I'm getting at. It isn't our rituals. It isn't that we can't do this, we can't do that, because you get in, we're coming to that place where we won't want that and we won't need some of that stuff. We'll have graduated beyond all of that. I want, the, I want the kind of glory that God comes and stands beside me. I want the kind of glory. I, I, I want to go into his presence where God speaks to me and telling me, telling me his characteristics. And when I need and I'm lonely and I'm sad, he's, he comes along and says, I'm your guide and I'm your strength. When I can't seem to go along, I'm your strength. I'm going to be there. When you get into a place and you get the word, you know, you got cancer, you got this, you got a recourse. You can go to God and God begins to reveal himself to you. God begins to give you a word. That's what the gifts of the Spirit are all about. It's God talking intimately with us. That's why everything that happens in the church, his, his gifts and, 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 and his, uh, his ministries and all of that that he puts in the church is that part of his intimacy with us. He gives us, he, equip, he equips us, he puts the whole armor of God on us and says, walk in the power of my might. And we can run through a troop and leap over a wall. Nothing can stop. Nothing can stop the church of God. Don't be worried about this end time jargon that's going around and postmodernism Christianity. Don't listen to it. The church is, I'm talking about the church. I'm not talking about Christendom. I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ. And there are people all across this nation and around this world that have got a corner on God and they're going for it. And thank God we're one of them. And I'm not saying that bragging, I'm saying that in humility because I don't want anything else but the genuine move of God. I will not bow down to anything or compromise on anything. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm not going to lessen the flow of the Holy Spirit. I don't care if there's only two here. We're going to come and rejoice. I don't say that out of arrogance. Sound of that love, hunger. I want God. What else is there? What else is there? If your family won't go with it, go, go with it, go it alone. But get God. Don't be 
haughty about it or arrogant about it. No, no, no. Walk in humility, but have a determination. I'm going to walk with him. And when he talks to him and says, I want you to take this out of your life, say, okay, God. I want you to go in this direction and not that direction. All right, God. And sometimes you have to battle. You have to battle with the flesh. You have to battle with your mind. But tell God you're battling. Say, I need help in this battle. I need help in this area. I feel this. Hmm. We are earthen vessels. But I like that scripture. I think it's in 2 Corinthians 4 where it says we are, have this treasure in earthen vessels. I love that scripture because it's telling me I'm nothing and he's everything. And he puts it in this earthen vessel. He puts it in this frail vessel. He puts it in this, this, this weak vessel. And in our weakness, we become strong because he is our strength. One day I was seeking God and everything else and, and the scripture came to me about Zerubbabel. He said, Zerubbabel started this thing and Zerubbabel will finish this thing. I thought, wow. It just dropped into my mind. I'm praying about the church and everything. In other words, what he's saying is, you started it, you're going to see the finish of it. God's going to do what he has promised. Hang on, people. We're on the way. <laughs> there was two people in the church last Sunday that saw a tsunami. Big wave coming. And said it's going to wash everything out and make everything new. Whew. I'm ready. I don't get washed away. I don't want to get washed away, but I, got, I want to get washed in it. I want to get so deep in that wave that I can't get out. Can you say amen? Praise God until we begin to see. And I know, saints, everybody say, I know it's coming. It's begun. And it's not going to stop. If you believe that, shout amen. All right, I got to get through this and let you go. Listen to what he said. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful. Wow. Someone tell me what merciful means. Thanks. Huh? Okay, compassion. Gracious. He isn't always ordering us around. Stand up, you know. Make those creases in those uniforms straight. He does say, I want you to walk in holiness but he gives you help to walk that way. Okay? Long-suffering, that means patience. I thank God for his patience. This is what he was revealing to him more. This is what, this was God's glory. We think God's glory is miracles and signs and wonders. No, it's the results of his glory. Signs, wonders isn't, isn't our goal. Our goal is to have an intimate relationship with Lord. And out of that comes miracles, signs, and wonders. Don't seek the miracles. Seek God. And miracles will always arrive. 
Because he's a miracle working God. And when we seek him and we fall in love with him and we get close to him, he just has to give us a miracle because it's in him. That's why I believe God told us to come on Tuesdays, Mondays and Tuesdays and just do nothing but just praise and worship. And that doesn't always mean that we got to be loud and crazy. That means sometimes we come and we just sit in the presence of God. And I have sat in some of those, one of those two nights and have felt the presence of God so strong. It's, I could, we couldn't, we didn't say, none of us were saying a word, but his glory was here. And you know what we're doing? When we do that, we're absorbing his glory. We're absorbing his glory. And it's given us strength and determination. All right. And then keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sins. You see, Moses wanted had received God's promises. He saw God's glory. He saw the parting of the sea. He saw everything else. But he said, God, that's wonderful and I love it, but I want to know you. See, people run from place to place when the miracles are going. And when the miracles are stopped, they go. While the miracles are being performed, the place is packed. When the miracles stop, everybody stops. And you come down to your same old faithful few. Growth is not necessarily numerical, although that's the result of it. We shouldn't sit and be happy because we got a small crowd and we're exclusive. We should not think, but I'm going to tell you, numerical growth is not the sign, but it will happen. And as we get in it, God didn't say to me, I'm building a strong foundation with good people. Now, he didn't mean elite people. He was talking about people who really want it. What he was tired, what he was saying is, I'm tired of people that are playing, and I'm tired, I'm not going to build it out of that anymore. So the building process may be slow, but it will come. Yeah, he's saying yes, yes. So there. Amen. Out of the mouth of babes. Praise the Lord. And I'll say with this, Moses wanted God's person, personal friendship, relationship, and companionship. God wants to walk with you and talk with you and tell you that he's at own. But where do you meet him? In the garden, in the house of meeting. And we tarry there. How's the rest of it go? And no other. Man. The joy we share. The joy we share. As we tarry there. None other. Has ever known. You see the disciples followed Christ. They saw his miracles and all of that. But they didn't know him. Not until they were infused with his spirit. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost. And there were a different group of people because they had spent time. When they come out of that upper room, they come out knowing God. And the Bible said they continued 
in prayer and supplications and breaking of bread, fellowshipping with one another. I want to tell you this. Saints, listen to me now. I'm, I'm, I'm your pastor. You need the house of God. When you're going through trials and tests and tribulation, do not stay away from the house of God. You need the house of God. You need a home church. And I'm not just trying to get people to sit in our, in our pews. That's not our goal here at CLP, just to get people to sit in our pews. I want people that are hungry and thirsty and wanting God. People that are hungry and thirsty and want God to welcome here, and everybody's welcome here. But that's not our goal, is to fill these pews. I know that's going to be the result. Our goal is to get a hold of God. And when we get a hold of God, I'm not going to have to worry about filled pews. Tell me, you're looking at me. You mean you want an empty? No, I didn't say I wanted an empty church. I wanted a group of people that knows how to walk in the Spirit. And it's wonderful when I see this church in action. I love it. Our service, they said something about an altar call. I say, look, we have altar call right through the whole service. Amen. I want you to move in the gifts of the Spirit. Come to Bible studies and everything else. Learn how to do it and then do it. Here and outside. Go and work for God. I love body ministry because you know what? I know you've been praying. I know you've been seeking with God because God is speaking to you and God is using you. Don't stop it. Don't stop it. Hold on to God. Keep going on with God. Keep being used with God. If you feel you've got a message from the Lord, come to me. I'll tell you, okay, or, or wait and hold it for a while. Don't get upset if I do, because I'm trying to fo follow the flowing of the Spirit. Sometimes your word is a little premature. It doesn't mean it's not of God. But in the right time, I'll say, okay, go ahead. But you don't always have to. You can go, and God speaks to you. I want you to go and pray for, for David. Get up and go. Well, song service. So, we don't have to wait for an altar call to be moved by the Spirit. And when it's flowing in the Spirit, it's beautiful. You program the service by the leading of the Spirit. And it won't get out of hand. If your people and our people and the people we are serving, we are seeking God and, and reaching out to God and in the mind of God, we will hear the mind of God and speak the mind of God and it will be very much decently on and we won't get out of the way or in the way.